Welcome to episode 166 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I really appreciate that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Let's start out this episode with a quick introvert tip before moving to our featured guest. Whether you have an important conversation, meeting, or presentation coming up, remember to practice it out loud. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? And I recognize that, but we can forget. I know I've forgotten in the past, and I often come across clients who are preparing for something big, and they forget to say it out loud. And that's because our inner dialogue is so clear, we can think that thinking about it a lot is good enough. This was brought home to me last week as I coached a leadership client. He was preparing for an interview and had spent lots of time thinking about his responses, but virtually no time saying them out loud. A basic question like, tell me about a time you're responsible for a project and it didn't go as planned, which he could easily answer in his head, came out in fits and starts when he tried to vocalize it. Saying it out loud once helped to clear the external cobwebs, and the next time he shared his response, he was much smoother in his delivery, and that meant he felt and came across as more confident. Now, it might feel odd, this talking to yourself, or even practicing it and role-playing with someone else, but it makes a huge difference in the end. The next time you have something important, or even a run-of-the-mill everyday conversation, and you want to make sure that your communication is clear, take the time to practice it out loud. It could be practicing the opening, the closing, the most important thing that you want to say. Think about it as much as you need to. I do not want to say, don't think about it, just say it, because we're introverts. We have to process internally. So think about it as much as you need, but don't skip that critical step of vocalizing it so that by the time you've gotten used to the way it sounds, you're really ready when it counts. And now on to the interview. As I mentioned when I greet her, my guest today is a three-peat. She's been on the podcast two previous times, and each time she brings new perspectives that energize me, and I hope they energize you. Jennifer B. Conweiler, PhD, certified speaking professional, is an author and global speaker hailed as a champion for introverts. Her best-selling books, The Introverted Leader, Quiet Influence, and The Genius of Opposites, have been translated into 16 languages and help introverts throughout the world expand their leadership capacity. Jennifer has deepened her knowledge and appreciation for introverts through her work as a learning and development professional and speaker at leading organizations like General Electric, Freddie Mac, and NASA, among others. Her speaking career has found her on stages in Australia, Vietnam, Japan, Germany, the Netherlands, and Paraguay, and her work has been featured in major publications such as Fortune, Forbes, Time Magazine, and the New York Times. Jennifer is based in Atlanta, Georgia, and serves on several professional boards. She derives joy from being a mom and grandma and serving as a mentor to many professional women. You'll find Jennifer's full bio, as well as links to our previous conversations and information on how to connect with her, on the episode webpage at www.theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. You are my first three-peat guest, so I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel honored. I feel like I should uh, get a rib, give a ribbon to myself. For, exactly. It's an honor. <laughs> Well, you're so prolific. And I think that oh, that is part of what um, there's always something fresh to talk about. So I appreciate that about you. So 
just to get things started, what's making you smile today? Well, it's funny. We I live in Atlanta, which is normally, Beth, very sunny, you know, and so we've had this gray winter. It's really reminding me of living up north, but yet coming in today to uh, talk with you, I noticed a couple of beautiful trees uh, blooming like it's springtime, so it gave me hope that uh, we'll be there soon, so that was lovely. I love to see those little hints of what's to come, and it helps yes. us hang on during the cloudy yes. days. <laughs> I hope they do when the weather gets cold again. You yes, know? <laughs> I know. Oh, exactly, exactly. So. Well, um, even though we've had, you know, several conversations before, I know some listeners might be new to hearing your voice and, and uh, being introduced to you. So I'd love to hear you chat for a moment about where you feel like you fall on that introvert extrovert spectrum. And how has that influenced your path? It's funny, I'm, I'm smiling when you ask that question, because it <laughs> depends who in my family you ask, you know, oh, <laughs> to my yes. friends you ask, right? <laughs> People have yeah. different, very different assessments of us. But you know, at this point, it is and I'm glad you use the word spectrum. It really is, Beth, you know, that most people do fall within the, the bell curve there, um, somewhere in the, in the norm area in the middle. But I am, um, I would say I'm a moderate extrovert. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a flaming extrovert. <laughs> uh, maybe I was at one time in my life. I probably was. Uh, it was more that anxiety that fueled that. Um, but I think I really naturally fall and my, you know, assessments all show that, that I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty extroverted, but not extreme. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I ask how has that influenced your path, part of your path, of course, has been talking about introversion. What was it about introversion that drew you even though you're on that extrovert end of the spectrum? Well, the more I've learned, and we've all have studied this, you know, we know that there's introverted and extroverted qualities within us. And mm -hmm. as I, I think as I got older, I recognized that it was very beneficial to take advantage of that quiet mm -hmm. and get my energy from within and, and pause. So I started integrating more of those practices, you know, whether it be meditation, yoga, um, just taking a walk without my iPhone. Mm. Oh, wow, and, that's revolutionary, re actually. <laughs> Isn't that? Although that can be dangerous, too, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> but, um, but no, and then, you know, as you know, and I've mentioned in other broadcasts, I'm, I'm married to a, a very pretty strong introvert. Mm -hmm. So I always knew that that was an important uh, aspect of life to take a look at in terms of our own relationship. And then as I started working also in organizations, it was certainly the frame that I, uh, one of the frames that I looked at in coaching mm -hmm. And, uh, and speaking with my groups and training uh, with my groups within, you know, as I say, in organizations. So I think it's always been top of mind for me. But, uh, it, you know, it's been a cool evolution to see, uh, see a shift in, my, in myself, mm -hmm. you know, and, not, and really integrate and be more aware of when the behaviors uh, uh, or the strengths of introverts really serve me well. And I can tap into that side. And I, I do hear from a lot of uh, extroverts that they uh, they sometimes longingly say, "I wish I could do that," or "I'm getting glimpses of that being helpful to me." And I'm I'm I think there's hope. Yeah, I think there is too. <laughs> do you believe? Do you feel that I way do, too? I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. There are more um, introvert wannabes. <laughs> Yes, that's a, I love how you have terms to, to wrap things up. No, I, I totally agree with you. But now, whether they put that into practice is another story. Right, right. But one of the things that really helped me, it's interesting when you talk about that, is I, I for a period in time, I was traveling a lot. I still travel for work, but um, I, I really had to be in a lot of hotel rooms alone. I wasn't even traveling. You know, I wasn't traveling with a team. I was on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting more comfortable with just being by myself. And uh, I still find that a lot of there's quite a bit of uh, stigma, even society, you know, you go into a restaurant, 
and they'll always say, well, we can, would you like to sit at the bar? You know, they don't right. want to move. They don't want it right to have the table be taken up. <sighs> but people will also say to me, it's like, you really, you, you will eat lunch alone, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll go out by yourself. And I started getting really comfortable with doing that and uh, relished yeah. it, you know, yeah. so. It's, I think experience teaches us, too, that we, don't you feel, like can tap into that side. And I think our Carl Jung certainly mm-hmm. talked about the second half of life. We do balance out more, yeah. which I always found very encouraging to yes, hear that. Yes, yes. Well, and I, and I always hear, maybe you've heard this anecdotally as well, that um, a question that I often get in my presentations is, can we change? Mm-hmm. I used to feel one way and now I feel another. And it might be I used to feel more introverted, now more extroverted. But more often, it's I used to be more extroverted. And now I've tended more towards introversion as yes. I've aged. Yes, um, have you noticed that as well? Yeah, well, I see it both ways, right? I see yeah. introverts saying that they were extremely introverted, and they feel like they've almost become an extrovert. But when mm-hmm. we probe a little more, you know, I find that to me, it's about behaviors. And I tell people that all yes. the time, because you may get that experience, or that question, too, like you were saying, you know, am I am I, I can't figure out what I am, you know, people like mm-hmm. really get upset, because they're, <laughs> <laughs> they want the label, <laughs> they want the label, or their Myers-Briggs came out in a conflicting manner, you know, two times yeah. they took it. And I, I get that. We all want to put a label on ourselves. But really, it's more what I talk to people about is what behaviors are serving you and working for you. And and when aren't they, you know, and so, mm-hmm. you know, as an example, in working in an organization, if you tend to be quiet, and you're getting a lot of feedback that people want to hear from you at meetings, you know, it, it makes sense to look at to take a look at how you might uh, bring some more of that into your repertoire, you know, into right. being a little more vocal or being a little more visible, because you're getting a message that that's helpful to the group. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a matter of all of us being aware at the same time, extroverts need to listen and say, you know, when they're when they're realizing that it's very important, like we know from the, the studies that have been done, and like, luckily, there's more research on this that, you know, extroverts need to be quiet, and, uh, and listen as leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. when things get done, when it's more productive. So they've consciously done that. So I think this, all of this awareness has really been helpful in helping yeah. us shift our behavior. Absolutely. Well, you've, we've, we touched on this a little bit. And, um, you know, you've been on the leading edge of this topic since the first edition of the introverted leader came out in 2009. And that was, I think, um, self promotion for introverts came out around that time, maybe a little bit later. And, you know, so the conversation, I've noticed it shifting, you know, since I started in 2010. Mm -hmm. What has shifted in the conversations that you've been having about introversion since that first edition of The Introverted Leader came out? Well, I, I, I'm going to shift back to something that you said on one of the podcasts, Beth, and I've, I've repeated this because people, and it always gets a smile when I tell people what you've shared with me, and you may not remember what this is, but it was <laughs> like when we did research on uh, introverts in the early days, I mean, what you would find, do you remember that serial killer analogy? Yes, yes, absolutely. Maybe I should have you tell it instead of <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. I love having it reflected back, though. Well, that means it was memorable because it, it well, was Well, it was memorable because, you know, really now, I mean, I'll look at today. Back then, just to refresh folks or remind them, I believe that you said that, you know, you one of the hits that came up was that you would right. hit, see news articles where people would be interviewed, the neighbor would be interviewed about mm-hmm. a serial killer and they say, oh, he was a real introvert. Right. You know, it's used in a very pejorative ter- way. And, it, and to a certain extent, it still is. But fast forward to today, 
And uh, Beth, you probably got the same inquiry that I did, uh, saying that, uh, asking if you'd like to be part of the list of the hundred top introvert blogs. Mm -hmm. That said, and if not, I'll send that to you because that blew me away. I mean, I know we get a hundred, a (laughs) hundred. Now we don't know how many of those are still, you know, how many people are still thinking about doing a blog and they they save the name on, I don't know, on GoDaddy or something, but um, but truly, that just, I think, is one indication of where, fast forward, where we are. And truly, it's about the rise. I call it the rise of the introverts. Mm-hmm. And um, on the positive side, people, you know, I, I think about a physical image of somebody learning about that their traits are positives, that, that all the things that they saw as negatives are really strengths. And that's been the biggest, um, uh, most gratifying thing for me to see people sit up a little straighter in their chairs so so number one i see people taking more ownership yeah. and acceptance and and seeing that introversion is a strength yeah. Do you, have you just the same thing absolutely seeing it much more as an asset as opposed to a liability and extroverts being more curious like at any presentation that i give where it's a you know free for all you know they voluntarily are coming you know and self-identifying as an introvert or extrovert i think i've found over the past eight or nine years that it has the audiences have been more balanced you know it used to be very introvert mm-hmm. heavy and now it's more introvert extrovert you know the extroverts are saying yeah i have an introverted spouse right, colleague right. friend or I recognize that I want to bring more balance to my leadership. Like you said, you know, I want to learn how to um, sit with silence more. I want to learn how to be um, a deeper listener. Exactly. And they see the introvert conversation as one of the pathways to sharpening that skill for themselves. Exactly. And and uh, I think another comment that I get, and you, may, you probably have heard the same thing, that extroverts will say, well, you know what, I'm really not an extrovert. <laughs> I just discovered <laughs> I know, from this talk that I've just been kind of faking uh-huh. it all these years or trying to just ad- trying to adapt. Yeah. And that's liberating in itself. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, so I think in addition to people having the confidence, I think the other shift um, has been in, I work with organizations a lot and, uh, that, that used to be an, people would say to me, it's an oxymoron. You talk about my first book came out, the introverted leader. It's an oxymoron. How could you have a leader who's an introvert? Yeah. So we've have really come further than we ever have been in organizations starting to accept that introverts are a part of the diversity conversation. Yes. That we need to really educate people mm-hmm. as to how they're missing out on the contributions. I mentioned meetings before, uh, how we're not, we're looking over people when we're promoting them or not even hiring. Mm-hmm. That was the part that I addressed in the new, in the new edition yeah. about hiring and retention of, of introverts. So it's, it's once that awareness, like any other element of diversity, whether it be gender, ethnicity, once we have those, those glasses on, we can start, no matter whether an introvert or an extrovert, to start to shape and adjust how we uh, actually impact our organizations and uh, our teams. So I think it's really come a long way. I would still, on that saying the positive, and on the the part that we still have to do is we have a long, long way to go. I'll, I'll share just a real brief anecdote about that. I was working with a company last year, a fairly large Fortune 50 company, and uh, we were about to launch a, a program for introverted leadership and understanding introverts and extroverts. And at the last second, the person who was the actual senior 
person who was the head of the whole, you know, the whole shebang, um, who I wasn't working with directly, actually nixed the whole project. Wow. And what was his, even though we had interviewed people who were the CFO, you know, very high level people who were owning their industry. He came in and said, we really can't talk about introverts in this way. We need to call it something totally different. And the program, wow, <laughs> introverts are really, um, you know, that's a really negative term. And it was really interesting. The buy-in was never gotten in the beginning, which was part of the problem. But it was still so disheartening to see that we have a long way to go within traditional organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I, on the other hand, I could give you many cases with of clients who I'm working with who are embracing the concept and uh, and really educating their workforce about this. Oh, that's uh, that's fascinating. I was sitting here listening, and my face is sort of screwing up. You know, like what? Yeah, I said, what? over the phone. <laughs> We've come I so far, it. though, you know, but I know, just, but you have you I mean, you've probably seen the same thing. Yeah. It's, a, you know, a, a friend of mine said to me that, you know, it, it helped put it in perspective that people change, you know, quicker than organizations. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, it's like steering a large ship. Yeah. You know, it takes a long time to change the course. It takes longer to change the course of a ship um, versus an individual in a small boat just kind of changing course. So I think if I keep that in mind, I just have to be patient. Yes. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Keep on. on. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, you've touched on a couple of things that I think are new in the new edition of The Introverted Leader. But what new and refreshed content are you most excited about to have in this new edition? Oh, thank you for asking. You know, it's not often you get to take a look at a book and it comes out almost 10 years later and you have the opportunity, the unique sort of uh, opportunity to change what your thoughts on things Mm -hmm. and add new content. Mm -hmm. And I've been out, you know, as I mentioned, I've been speaking and I've been coaching and I've probably, I've talked around the world. I've been very blessed to be able to speak in, you know, countries from Vietnam down to Paraguay uh, and beyond. And I've gathered so many stories and insights. So I consider that my research. So a couple of things that changed. Number one, I changed the quiz and really made that much more user-friendly. So it's the introverted leader quiz, and that can be taken on my website at jenniferconwaller.com. And it really just gives you a quick snapshot of how you're doing, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, in terms of the skills that it takes to be successful based on what introverts say they use in the workplace. Um, So I think you'll find that people will find that um, helpful. And you know, I'm all about being practical, Beth. So I have a lot more scripts in this book, you know, like, so so what do you say um, when you're trying to get get your points across, but you keep getting interrupted? So, Mm -hmm. you know, a quick tip, sort of like the, I'll give you a quick, a quick snapshot of that. You know, you say, um, I have three points to make number one, number two, number three, you know, so that that's one kind of an approach. And I know you talk about this a lot in your book and on your podcast Mm -hmm. about very Mm -hmm. user friendly words. Well, sometimes we just need the phrase to use. Yes. Right. So I found that that was very, um, well received in the last book and I needed to do more of that. So I put a lot more scripts in there and I kept the four P's, which is the prepare presence, push and practice. But I used a lot of different scenarios and stories um, because that, that was very consistently well received as well. A couple of other things that I added that I'm very excited about was the idea of assertiveness being a natural fit for introverts. Mm. For a long time, I taught classes in assertiveness, and I still do sometimes for being more assertive. And I would get primarily 98% of the people being more introverted. But if you think about assertiveness being using your strengths 
of preparation, knowing you're having focused Mm -hmm. um, and having intentional persistence. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw that um, just so beautifully um, demonstrated in in so many scenarios. So um, setting boundaries and being clear about what you need and practicing all of those things introverts do very well. So it's kind of reframing how you look at assertiveness Um, and yeah so I mentioned also the hiring and that's the last thing I'll mention here about I mean I have a lot that I'm excited about but I did a whole chapter there on communicating and coaching Mm -hmm. based on what introverts told me they do so like for instance in hiring um, just to be aware of the setting you know and are you kind of paying attention to the pause Mm -hmm. Um, to paraphrasing, giving introverts a chance to speak, you know, what's the setting like where you're, um, uh, you're in a, you're not having too much stimuli. We know all the research, right, about over uh, too many lights and too much noise. And so, and that kind of thing and allowing yourself time, whether you're an introvert or extrovert interviewing somebody. um, So you're not rushed. So the pace is a little calmer and you can really get the best and understand the best from the people that you're you're looking at hiring. Um, and so I think those are just, some, again, some very practical tips. And based on what readers told me, they wanted some more information mm, on great. where they have the where they have the pain. Yeah, where they Pain. Absolutely. Well, it's, I love that the, the workplace conversation, I mean, when we talk about what has shifted in the past 10 years, it is moving on, um, moving from an individual level to that organizational level. And it sounds like you're giving folks that um, extra bit of awareness so that they can start to look around and say, in what ways are we facilitating or inhibiting the introverts in our organization from becoming leaders. Exactly. And and one area that comes up a lot in the in the press that I'm sure you you're aware of as well, uh, Beth, and that's the the environment that you set in the whole workplace. And we get yeah. you know, we get the same questions. So how do I deal with an open space office? So mm-hmm. there's a whole mm-hmm. section in there about how we, how do uh, leaders set up an office that really brings out the best and uh, and looks at the options that we have now regarding uh, what you called, I think, before location independence. Right. <laughs> and, uh, right. And, and also having those huddle rooms and having natural mingling opportunities. So, uh, being, again, being more intentional uh, and focused when you are designing a space or when you're reconstructing uh, your space with workflow to consider, again, just consider what is going to really speak to introverts. And that, that to me is, is very encouraging that I'm seeing more of that going on. Yeah. Well, one thing, um, I want to wrap up our conversation with a question that also has to do with some fresh content, and that's talking about female introverted leaders. Yes. Because it feels like whether you knew it or not, the timing is perfect. It's always perfect, though, isn't it? <laughs> it it yeah. is. It is. It's always the perfect but time. But no, this is incredible. Yeah. From a societal level, Absolutely. we seem to be in this these early stages of this women's movement 2.0, where the conversation has really um, reached a, a new and even more more sophisticated level. So what have you found to be the main concerns of introverted women leaders? And what advice would you have for them? Oh, that's it. So okay, so here, where do I start? I know, I know how much time <laughs> well, do you just, have? Right? I know you have to wrap up soon. So I, I think uh, women, I, I, I write about this, and I hear it so much, the w- women who are in particularly male dominated organizations, which are many, or in a male dominated field are have kind of a double bias against them, a double whammy. You know, they're supposed to be friendly. 
friendly as women and, and, and team players and, and nice and smiling. And um, when they're introverted, um, that also is a, a slap against them, right? When they're not engaging. Um, and so I think that the, they t- often talk about the terms that are used. Women, I work a lot with women in, in engineering and technology and science. And they talk about being told that they're cold, they're unfeeling, you know, they're, they're standoffish and snobby. So they have to make some extra efforts to really um, not change who they are at all, but to just be aware of that and to have let people know. And that's true with all, with all introverts. I always talk about it. you just have to get the elephant out of the room and just say, listen, when I'm listening in a meeting and I'm not smiling, it doesn't mean I'm angry. You know, it's, it's right. like sharing. This is who I am. Or if you don't have that opportunity to have that conversation, just be aware of how you're coming across. And you may experience this, Beth, you know, where you do smile just to sort of get, make them more comfortable, <laughs> you know, once in a while, right? Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You nod, you, you make nod. eye contact, there's body, you know, body language can speak volumes. Oh, so much so. And then, um, so in terms of what you could do about that, I, I you know, I think that's, um, I mentioned, you know, sort of just being aware, but I think uh, that women helping other women, I mean, speaking up for them. Um, I read a piece about Melinda Gates, who says that she has to always remind herself, and we heard Sheryl Sandberg say this too, that, you know, when a man starts taking over what a woman has just said or repeats it, to bring that up, you know, in, in real time to say, to mention that this woman just said that, you know, I, I really appreciated Jane's comments. Um, thank you for mm-hmm. adding to that. You know what I mean? To, to mm-hmm. re- we need to be vigilant for each other, yeah. you know? And then yeah. I think the old standby of networking, connecting with other women really is very important, particularly if you're in, a, in again, a male-dominated or even if you're not in that kind of an environment. And um, I think th- you talk about getting more sophisticated. The women's groups within organizations, the um, ERGs have become a lot more savvy yeah. and more strategic. And But I think also working with um, male mentors as well as female mentors mm-hmm. to help you guide yourself. So that's, that's what I've seen successful uh, introverted leaders do. Um, consistently. Yeah, it seems that the the conversation over the years has, you've noticed more organizations noticing, hey, we don't have enough women leaders, we don't have enough women leaders in the pipeline. So what are we going to do about that? And I think that your voice um, is helping to include the introverted women into that equation. So it's like there's another layer of awareness that is being put on top of that. Um, That's a really important part of the, the conversation. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm very pleased to hear that because that's that's one of my agendas <laughs> is yeah. to highlight introverted women because they, they yeah. do rock. And there's um, one of my role models there or, or person I look to a lot is Mary Barra, who's the CEO of, of GM. Mm-hmm. And she talked about when she was, uh, Beth, when she was first starting out as a young engineer in the plant. And this guy gave her a wolf whistle, you know, one of the guys on the oh. line. Uh, what are you doing? She said to him. I thought that was so assertive. She goes, that's what are you awesome. Doing? And he said, I'm trying to get your attention. She said, and a hello will be fine. Yes. That's what you need to say. And uh, she said after that, it didn't totally diminish, but it diminished a lot. And the rest of the guys stopped doing it. So it's like that's an example of a very introverted woman who's become CEO and, you know, and was very uh, stood up for herself. Mm -hmm. And and I 
I think we all can learn from that. Yeah, absolutely. And when we stand up for ourselves, we're standing up for other women. Um, yeah, like, I, I really appreciate that you're bringing up that point about we have to have each other's backs. We do. <laughs> basically. We do. And that includes introvert to introvert, re- gender regardless, as well as, as women. I love these women's conferences that I speak at, and, and I just get so energized. I've got one coming up here in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. The, um, if anybody's in the area, hopefully you'll come. The, it's the IEEE, the Electrical Engineering Women's Summits. They have them all over the country. And it's for women who are in all kinds of STEM. It's not just electrical engineering. And I mean, it's an incredible roster of speakers and networking and takes place over two days. I've been to a few of these and you just come out of there just ready to rock. And these are all women who work in male dominated organizations and Mm -hmm. figure out how to how to uh, succeed. Yeah. So I think we need to see role models, too. We need to see examples and cases and figure, you know, keep talking to each other. Yes. And that's, that's energizing for me. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, another, that's another point that I appreciate you bringing up. And I think because I'm feeling that myself, um, you know, being in a new community, that while we are introverts, and we thrive on our alone time, you know, I could stay cocooned here in this house for for days, you know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my batteries will start to drain eventually, and I need to fill them up by that interaction and by connecting with peers. And I think especially for women, especially for introverts, if we're out there and connecting with, like you said, people who can be mentors, um, peers who are doing awesome things, it reminds us both of our potential as well as what we are already accomplishing. It's like, you know, we can get kind of up in our heads. And when we get out and we start talking, we're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I do know what I'm talking about. I do have, you know, this or that skill set, or I do have this strength, or I do have the capacity to walk into a room of strangers and make a connection with someone. Yes, I, I agree. And I think that, and I think the other element that's sort of impeding, this now and making the case for us to do this is the uh, the growth of the the smartphone, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And everybody, my yoga teacher yesterday said uh, we got to get rid of that text neck. I'm thinking I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yes, text neck. I've heard but that. Like, right, everybody's on their phone. So I really write about a lot and and have known for myself the importance of what we call what I call spontaneous conversations. I didn't make yeah. that up. You know, spontaneous conversations are ways in which we connect and get out of our head. And that's both for introverts and extroverts because we are so attached to our phone as an, as the other companion in our lives now yes. that yeah. um, we really are losing that ability to connect. So I think it brings up energy. When you talk about that energy, it's for introverts and extroverts, yeah. just connecting with people. Absolutely. We all need it. We're social creatures. So just finding the right ratio, right? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you and congratulations on this new edition. And um, I will have links to, uh, d- you know, depending on when they're listening to this podcast to either pre-order or order the book. It comes out March 6th. Is that correct? March 6th. And you can pre-order okay, it now. Excellent. So that would be great. And excellent. and anybody who likes it, a review would be very welcomed as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, let's wrap up. I know that you've probably been and I know what the book publishing time is like. So a little bit of a whirlwind and you're probably going to need a break. So I'm waving a magic wand and granting you three weeks vacation on Introvert Island because even an extrovert needs a little break. That's true. That's true. So you can take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? 
Well, I have to listen to the other two podcasts to find out what to compare. That would be interesting, <laughs> won't it? To see where my life is yeah, if you repeat. <laughs> and I think one of them I did say, which I would say again, is the journal, because I, I mm-hmm. love to journal and I, I do almost yeah. every day. So I definitely would want that with a pen, if you allow yep. me to bring a pen. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think I might have said this last time, a juicy novel usually involves a female character. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I'm reading an interesting book right now that's uh, called Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, by Jennifer Egan, uh-huh. uh, and I just love character, you know, uh, novels about uh, women, and so, and that also took place near where my parents were from. So I can remember a lot of them talking about a lot of those places, and it's very well researched. So I, I highly recommend it, Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. So that would keep me busy, and. Um, this is the third one. I would say a copy of the New Yorker. Uh-huh. I, I love it, and the reason I say that is uh, and a big issue yeah. because I love that there is poems in there, cartoons. There's a lot of variety, uh, and uh, if it's a good short story, I could read that a few times, right? If I'm on the island, yes, absolutely, uh, and get different things from it. And I also like to say I'm kind of I'm kind of a news junkie, but I like smart news, so I like uh, I like some of the talk of the town columns. So that would give me a nice variety, I think. Absolutely. Beth. And I think you need to do a book on this, what everybody said. I know. I think that's a good idea. What is the Introvert Island compilation? Because there have been some fantastic books that I never would have learned about had it not been for this question. So (laughs) Yeah, and the odd odd answers. I'm sure you've got some of those, right? Absolutely. Do you remember any of the ones that that kind of struck you as kind of different? I can't remember, but... (laughs) That's okay. I'll give you time to, to think. Let I need time to write it. You'll put it in the show. You're notes. talking to somebody that when they're asked, you know, like about their work history, I'm like, let me pull up my resume I, so I can jack my memory. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But no, I think you've got something there. Well, <laughs> so I'm curious, real quick, um, when you mentioned the female heroines, um, have you read the other Einstein? No, I did see that or a listing of that book. Have you read okay. it? I have not yet. It just okay. popped up on BookBub. Yes, it did. As a mine Kindle too. deal. So I was I was curious, and I noticed a, a group here in the area is doing a book club on it. So I was curious if you'd read it and if you had any thoughts. No, I but... saw the Einstein series on. Um, National Geographic, that was quite interesting. Mm. Um, if anybody's interested in learning about him. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I love biographies. So that would be, I'd love to, so I'm putting it on the list right now. Thank so I, Yes, I rarely make a recommendation, but there, <laughs> and I, and I make it And you it haven't read blind, it yet. So and I haven't read it. Yeah, exactly. You're going on a limb, but listen, my introverts make the best, they're the best readers. There so. you go. We, I, I, <laughs> it is I, our uh, thing. Look at, look at our librarians, right? Yes, so. exactly. Well, so how can people connect with you, Jennifer, and um, buy your books? And I should say there's The Introverted Leader, there's Quiet Influence, and The Genius of Opposites. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, they can pretty much find them all on, on Amazon, wherever books are sold. Um, my website has um, article, you know, you can read articles about them, downloads, there's all kinds of things to, to look at there and purchase them there. And I'm also on social media. So I'd love to connect with people on Twitter, uh, or Facebook or LinkedIn. But go to my website, that's probably the, the dashboard, the central dashboard. Okay. JenniferConweiler.com. And you're going to have that on the notes, but people don't have the notes in front of them. It's Jennifer, uh, it's all one word, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-K-A-H-N-W-E-I-L-E-R, Conweiler. Perfect. And I will absolutely have that link. And I will also link to the refreshed quiz that you mentioned as well. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you take it too, Beth. I absolutely will. (laughs) 
I will be very curious. I'll hold you to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll to see it. <laughs> see what what comes out. I love we introverts love quizzes and assessments and all sorts of things that tell us a oh, little good. bit more about ourselves. So, good. well, thank you so much, Jennifer. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. I always appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm and your advocacy and championing championing <laughs> I shouldn't even try to say that word <laughs> being a champion I under we all understand what you meant introverts. and likewise yes. it was a pleasure that thank you I love talking to the occasional extrovert on this podcast because it reminds us that just as we ask others not to paint introverts with one broad brushstroke and make assumptions about who we are we as introverts have to extend that same courtesy to extroverts If we can accept all of the variations in our personalities, we can relax and enjoy the special energy that each person brings. Jennifer reminds us that extroverts are listening, and while she might not say it directly, she's inviting us introverts to listen, too. As always, there's more information about my coaching, speaking, and training services at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. My coaching roster is currently full through May 2018, but if you're interested in strategy sessions or you want to get on the wait list and just learn if coaching is for you, I would be delighted to chat with you. It's easy to connect with me through my website, or you can email me at beth at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Thank you so much for joining me and Jennifer, and I hope you took away useful information from the conversation. And as always, a big thank you to Paul Messing, my podcast producer. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. It's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.